Heal Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Erin Gray, and today we are talking about intuition and mother's intuition. Today is such a great episode. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. So here in the United States, it was just Mother's Day yesterday, and Mother's Day can be celebrated all sorts of ways. We have, of course, our biological mothers, but we also have mothers that we choose to be our mothers or we learn to mother ourselves. I think all of these are deserving of being appreciated on Mother's Day. I have one of my best friends that we talk about how we mother each other all the time. And I feel like my crock pot mothers me. I feel like my the timer on my coffee pot mothers me because I set them to go And then I come in a couple hours later and there's nourishment there waiting for me. (laughs) And I think relationships that nourish us are this motherly love. Our mothers are our original form of nourishment. And so I think when we can begin to look at relationships that feel nourishing, that feel satisfying and healing. We can also look at that as a motherly love. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a quote unquote mother. We all, we have a divine mother that if you follow me on my meditations, (laughs) we draw upon her nourishment every single week. So grateful for Mama Earth and all that she does to heal us and nourish us and and ultimately draw us to more clear intuition, which is what we're going to talk about today. And don't worry, today we're talking about mother's intuition, but don't worry, dads. <laughs> In June, we'll talk about father's intuition, but today we're going to focus on the feminine. And every single one of us has masculine and feminine energy. And striking that true balance for ourselves is the goal in our life. So if we find that we're acting too masculine, how can we bring in more feminine? And if we're acting too feminine, how can we then bring in more masculine energy? But that's going to be, now that I'm talking about it, that's going to be a topic for an entire podcast. So stay tuned on that one. So there's this incredible video that I'll include the link down below on Gaia, where Bruce Lipton is talking about mother's intuition about the child. And there's actually two correlating, there's actually two correlating bits of information that I'm going to share here. (laughs) So Bruce Lipton, who I love, and speaking of Mother's Day, I actually went and saw him speak live on Mother's Day last year total bucket list. He was amazing. And the thing that I thought was so wonderful. So before I was a healer, I mean, I've always been a healer, but in my previous professional life, I was in entertainment marketing and I did premieres. And so I've been around a ton of celebrities in my lifetime. And so last year when we went and saw Bruce Lipton on Mother's Day, I didn't want to be the fan, even though I'm a super fan. So I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to like go try to take my picture with him. No, no, no. 
Um, but we had gotten there super early so that I got the front row seat, of course. <laughs> so I wanted everything about this. My husband totally made sure I was honored and nourished and taken care of. He mothered me on this day. And all these people started getting in line to take <laughs> pictures with Bruce Lipton. And in that moment, I realized I would totally regret if I didn't take a picture with him. Like if I if I went home that day, I knew in that moment I would totally regret it. So so I went and got in line. <laughs> but I, I kept my fandom to to a minimum. But the thing that was so amazing to me was I went up and shook his hand, maybe even gave a side hug. I can't entire those details are a little hazy. However, I said thank you to him. I said thank you. I use so much of your information on what you teach in my presentations in my talks and and he absorbed it and then turned around and was like thank you thank you for teaching and shifting and changing the world thank you <laughs> and it was just this incredible moment where where Bruce Lipton was thanking me for what I was doing. <laughs> it's like amazing. So it definitely made for a wonderful Mother's Day. That is for sure. But so anyway, that was my side story on Bruce Lipton. I love him. I'm a big fan and I totally appreciate all his research. So he talks about, which I will actually reference the actual study second, in, from an article, but I really loved his video that I'm including down below. And so he had said, mothers can recognize when their child is hurt. They will have this unsettling feeling. In utero, the stem cells from the child migrate through the placenta into the mother. So in utero, so while the baby is developing, their stem cells migrate through the placenta into the mother. Many of the child's stem cells end up in the nervous system of the mother so that the brain of the mother is actually like a culture disc that contains stem cells from her own child. So we talk about this mother connection, but it really is true that there is this connection between these two human beings. The resulting fact is that the child could be far away from her, have an accident, and she would then experience it herself. The mother is, is connected to her child because she carries the child's stem cells. So I can tell you, I'm sure we all have stories like this, but several years ago, my daughter went to Great America for like a Halloween fright night kind of thing. And all of a sudden, right at 10 o'clock, we, we were at a play. And all of a sudden at like 10.01, I started checking my phone, checking my phone, checking my phone. Something did not feel right. Something did not feel right. And then we left shortly after that. And then all of a sudden my, my daughter calls and tells me that there was an alleged shooter at the park that night. So that everybody was running. They had agreed upon like a meetup spot. I told her to stay safe. But I was literally experiencing the same feelings she was feeling at the exact same time. And so it was really interesting to have this same timestamp to recognize that she and I were actually feeling the exact same thing. She was fine. Everyone was safe. And it actually was just a, 
it wasn't even true. Uh, somebody had just started this rumor, but then unfortunately we live in a world that there's such plausibility around that, that then everybody was running and certainly scared everyone that night, of course. But I'm sure that you, I would love to hear in the comments down below, what was your story? What was your experience? I know we all have these stories. We are all so connected. And as we will talk about on Father's Day, it doesn't even take being the mother of the child to have this type of connection with someone. We can gain this connection just through our energetic love and connection with each other. So the second study that I will include down below, because I find this just so fascinating. It was a 2012 study that was published in the medical journal PLOS1. And it examined the brains of 59 women who had died between the ages of 32 and 101. Nearly two thirds or 37 women in the sample were found to have traces of male DNA with the Y chromosome in various regions of their brain. The Y chromosome could not have come from the women's fathers because if it had, they would have been born male. The only logical explanation was that the male DNA had come from their sons. So during pregnancy, more than nutrients pass through the placenta between mother and child. Tissue cells and genetic material also make the transfer. Science has known for some time that DNA passes through the placenta between the fetus and mother in mice, But now it seems the same phenomenon called microchimerism also happens in humans. Fetal DNA crossing the placenta can find a home in any of the mother's organs, including the skin, liver, and spleen. The membrane protecting the brain, known as the blood-brain barrier, becomes less resistant to cells from the outside when a woman is pregnant because a woman's immune system is partially suppressed during pregnancy. This happens so that her body does not reject the fetus as a foreign invader. It was also surmised that the fetal DNA entering the mother's brain was yet another way for the mother's body to identify the fetus as a friend, not a foe. And I think this DNA ends up helping during the teenage years as well. Friend, not foe. (laughs) Or maybe a little bit more of a foey friend during the teenage years. Anyway. Back to the article. It should be noted that the same effect most likely happens for daughters as well. The researchers chose to focus on sons because it would have been much too difficult to distinguish a mother's DNA from her daughter's since they are both female. In any case, it appears that fetal DNA in the brains of mothers is there for life. The oldest woman in which the male DNA was found was 94 years old. I mean, I think that is so amazing and so incredible that they have found this DNA material in all parts of us. So, you know, we think about our mothers and we spend our teenage years trying to separate ourselves from our mothers, but there is this connection that is undeniable And there was another incredible article. I'm actually just going to read one quote. I will include the whole article down below. But it's from the Times of India. And it was called Mother's Intuition, a Spiritual Gift. And this doctor went on to just say, as her mother says, there is no prayer stronger than a mother's for her children. 
and no advice greater than the one your instinct gives you about your children. So I think that is so interesting because so often moms want to give advice, right? Of course we want to give advice, but I think to realize that the instinctive advice that mothers give is divinely organized specifically for you. They can feel you, they know you, they have your DNA and can be this sounding board because biologically your mother wants you to continue on and survive and do well because it is part of the biological bloodline. So our parents inherently want that for us on a biological level, right? We want the procreation and continuation of our species. And so trusting the intuition of your mother, or if you are a mother, trusting that intuition, trusting and knowing this is divinely guided and biologically provided, which I think is really, really fascinating. So how does this work if you have an adoptive mother or have a mother love or a mother friend? How can we do this? How can you, or you just have a general interest in improving your intuition? Well, there is 18 ways to develop and strengthen your intuition. I'll include the link down below from Mind Body Green. So first and foremost, meditate. Meditation is so important. I'll include a link to my YouTube meditations. This is such an important way to calm and clear our mind and our thoughts and our energy in order to hear the quiet voice. When we can quiet the chatter of our mind, we can then hear the quiet voice that wants to rise up within us and guide us and direct us to our highest good. Number two, start noticing all that you can with your five conventional senses. So I think this is really important to note what our intuition actually is. So in community night, the other night, we the topic was on intuition as well. <laughs> and I showed a video, which I'll include down below, from Bob Proctor. And he was talking about intuition. And he said, one of the best ways to utilize your intuition when surmising and assessing another person is to give your full attention to that other person. So stop thinking about yourself or stop thinking or having perspective from your own self, give your full attention to the other person. And the reason why this helps with your intuition is because our intuition lives within our third eye chakra. And we're going to begin the chakra series here very shortly. We'll go week by week on each energy center. But so for now, and so we'll come back to this and I dive into this in my book, our intuition lives right here within our third eye, within our sixth chakra. So our sixth chakra or our sixth sense is made up of all of our other senses combined. So our five senses, sight, sound, hearing, taste, touch, smell, all of these senses combined then create our sixth sense. So it is the subtle 
absorption of information. What does this environment smell like? What does this environment look like? What does it taste like or feel like or look like? When we allow our senses to absorb all the information, this is how we then have clearer intuition. And in ensuring that each of our energy centers is clear, clean, and balanced, the cumulative effect of working on each individual energy center then ultimately combines to allow us to have this clear, clean third eye that allows us to have this intuition that is clear and dependable. And you have these gut instincts that are true and accurate. So start noticing with your five senses. And as you do so, you will know that you are allowing this third eye to do to it to do what it does best, which is assess situations, use your intuition, but know and understand that it is each individual pieces that are collecting to then create this sixth sense experience. So pay attention to your dreams. When the cognitive mind is busy, it can override the intuition right brain and the subconscious mind, the wellspring of intuition. But when you're sleeping, your cognitive mind rests and opens space for the subconscious mind to signal you in dreams. For almost the last year, I have been journaling my dreams and it has been fascinating to see the patterns that are showing up when we dream about water that's actually emotion. So for the last year, I've been dreaming a ton about oceans or tsunami, which is indicative of a ton of emotion, which is also a ton of energy. And if you know me personally, I mean, I think my emotions and energy come through this podcast as well, but I have a ton of energy and emotion and just passion for life and passion for what I teach and do. But my subconscious is helping me understand how to better honor myself, how to better navigate the world and to begin to understand these subconscious patterns so that I can actively choose differently with my conscious mind. But again, seeing what our subconscious is telling us allows us to tap into that intuition and be clearer because it's all energy. Energy is the common denominator. As we clear and cleanse our energy, our third eye becomes stronger and our intuition becomes clearer. Number four, get creative. Enjoy creative activities such as drawing, scrapbooking, or free flow journaling. Free flow journaling is when you can write up at the top of the paper, dear higher self, and then just allow your pen to write for 20 minutes and just do not edit. Allow whatever wants to flow out to flow out. Sometimes it's recommended to use your opposite hand to what your predominant writing hand is. I don't, I don't really do that. I just kind of let it flow. I do notice probably halfway through that the script starts to change a little bit, like the cursive or however I'm writing begins to change a little bit. Try it for your own self, but go ahead and write dear higher self, 
dear your name, dear Archangel Michael, dear God, dear divine, whatever feels appropriate to you to write up top and then allow that to flow. And then at the end, always we end with thank you so much. And so it is. Number five, consult Oracle cards. Learn to use a tarot deck or try a deck of Oracle cards and interpret the cards messages for yourself before you consult a guidebook. So always determine for your own self what anything means before you look to an outside source. Whether you are looking at cards or you see animal symbols, just like we talked about in our animal podcast, look to yourself first and listen to the message that is being offered. And then you can consult the guidebook. Test your hunches. So begin writing down if you start to notice how your intuition comes in for you. Does it come in with a flash of light with a picture? Do you get chills up your spine? Do you hear something in your ear? However, your intuition shows up for you. Begin to write that down and then begin to write down, did it happen? And how far after you had that image or a picture or your thought, how quickly did it then show up so that you can begin to track it and determine what your subconscious and what your intuition is trying to tell you and in the ways that it is trying to tell you. It is just beginning to create this language for you so that you can begin to translate it. Number seven, consult your body compass. Your intuition speaks to you through your body and the more you cultivate somatic awareness, the more sensitive you become. So similar to number six, where we said test your hunches and write them down. This is also noticing what happens in your body. Are you smelling something? Are you tasting something? Are you seeing something? Are you hearing something? Do you feel something? Is it a gut feeling? Beginning to pay acute awareness to your body and the messages it's trying to tell you and tracking those will help you begin to understand how your body is communicating and how your intuition is communicating with you. And you don't just have one, you have all of your senses. It's just one may begin as a more predominant uh, way of communicating with you, but ultimately you have all of your senses that then ultimately combine to create your sixth sense. Number eight, escape from your daily routine. Get away, slow down, go on a retreat or just go for a walk in a park. Sometimes we cannot afford to take that time away from our life, but even just a 20 minute walk through nature makes all the difference in the world, which then leads to number nine, which is spend time in nature. (laughs) Nature, the trees, the frequency of the trees, much like we do in our meditations every single week offers this grounding, calming presence that allows us to quiet the chatter in our mind so that we can begin to tap into our subconscious mind. We can begin to align with the frequency offered by Mother Earth so that we can then hear what the universe is trying to tell us. Number 10, learn from the past. So I'm sure you have this story too. 
So many times we will get a symbol or a sign or direction and not take it. And I've totally, of course, done this. I've been like, oh man, I totally knew that was happening and I didn't listen. And then what I thought would happen happened, right? I know you probably experienced that same thing too. But what I will encourage you about, I always believe that happens so that we start to pay more attention so that when the next thing happens, we've paid attention and the initial warning that we didn't listen to was actually put in place to save us from whatever was coming next. So rather than beating yourself up that, oh man, I I knew I should have turned left at that light and I didn't listen. Well, perhaps it saved you from something else. So I always, always, always believe everything happens for a reason. But especially here in this moment, when we have been told, when we do recognize our intuition is guiding us and we didn't listen, that's okay. Because you listened when it was really intended for you to listen. Feel more, think less. The mind thinks always chattering away, arguing with itself like crazy, and intuition, on the other hand, feels. Or I would even say intuition just doesn't think. I think allowing yourself to be in this neutral place that allows your natural senses to absorb the information that it needs to absorb in order to create your sixth sense. And you will often hear me in my mediumship appointments I will say, I don't, I'm not going to reach for that. I'm not going to reach for it. I'm going to allow it to come to me. So I have said that if you've followed those podcasts, I'll include them down below, but I will say, yeah, you know what? That feels reaching. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go toward that energy. I allow the energy to come to me. And so I think this is very much what this is talking about is we don't chase the energy. We don't chase the guidance, we allow ourselves to create our energy state, to be in the state of absorption and welcome so that we draw our intuition, we draw the guidance into us. Number 12, engage in repetitive movement, run, dance, chop carrots, play the piano, paint, anything that allows your physical body to move so that it calms the cognitive mind. So I love washing dishes or taking a shower. So there's a lot of information that comes through water to us. (laughs) And so I often find I get great inspiration in the shower or while washing dishes. Every time I put my hands and body in water, that offers up some incredible guidance. But I think for you, whatever can help you get out of your mind that allows you to, again, allow your senses to draw in and attract the information it's seeking. 13, align with your values. Your mind may steer you away from your integrity, but your intuition never will. Become comfortable with how you feel when you're betraying your values and you'll learn what intuition doesn't feel like. Learn what it feels like to behave in alignment with your values and you'll start to sense your intuition more clearly. Integrity is super important. It is so important to remain high frequency, right? Because truth is a higher frequency than a lie. 
people can actually feel when you lie. You don't even, they don't even have to hear the words that you're going to say. They energetically feel that vibration because it's a much lower vibration than truth or integrity. And allowing your energetic vibration to raise higher and to vibrate higher allows us to draw in this intuition and clarity and guidance. Number 14, practice sensing into people before you know them. This is super fun at the airport or if you're sitting in the parking lot waiting for someone or while you're driving, notice and guess when is that car going to change lanes? When is that person going to cross the street? Begin sensing and guessing a second beforehand so that you can then begin to practice this muscle. You know, when my daughters were little, we would, of course, play go fish, right? Fun family game. However, I added a different caveat. So I would always have them put their hands out first and sense the cards. And so they had to sense where they thought their card might be before they asked for the card. And so we stopped playing after a while because whoever would go first would run the table and they would know exactly where their cards were. And then it just became this really fun, quick intuition game. That is a super fun way to incorporate intuition practice into just a fun family game. Number 15, read books about how to develop your intuition. Try Sonia Coquette's Trust Your Vibes, Shakti Gaiwen's Developing Intuition, or Carolyn Mace Sacred Contracts. I think learning about your intuition is super important. So I'm always listening to books. I'm always studying. I think these are great places to start. So 16, train your intuition. You can study intuition in formal classroom settings as well as online programs. Try the Academy of Intuition Medicine, the Foundation for Spiritual Development, or Janae Lane's Spirit Coach Training Program. I'm also going to be doing an intuition class following my chakra series that will be coming up soon as well. So I think it's really important to understand and learn about your energy system first as a pre prerequisite to the intuition course, because one is the foundation to the other. And like all things, there's no shortcuts. <laughs> so as we clear and cleanse our energy, we then have stronger, clear, more accurate intuition. 17, release your resistance. You were not making it up. Let me tell you, <laughs> trust the pictures, trust the guidance, trust the knowing. This is why it's really important to chart it and to write it down because then you will come to know how accurate you are, what signs you're receiving, but don't be afraid. And again, in listening to my mediumship sessions, you will hear me talk, 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 tell, 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 talk, 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 discerning and describing what it is that I see so that you can become, as you start to see pictures, as you start to see things, trusting and knowing, as you start to pay attention to those somatic signs and symbols, you will then begin to trust yourself more and more and more. 18, start a new breathwork practice. Breathwork, the intentional manipulation of the breath can yield powerful insights very quickly. Breathwork allows us to calm our mind. It allows us to clear the tension from our body and allows us to bring us into this state of calm and serenity. So I would say 
as to not get overwhelmed by all of these. Pick one, pick two, and really integrate one of these techniques into your life for the next month. You know, when when there's too many things to do, we get overwhelmed and then we do nothing. So that's not helpful for anyone. (laughs) So in an effort to build your own intuition, pick one of these and add it into your daily routine and begin to, if it's even just charting, just beginning to pay attention and notice how is your intuition trying to communicate with you? And you can join me for this week's meditation on our ultimator chakra. So that was in a podcast a couple weeks ago, which I'll also include down below. So many fun resources. So grateful. But I'm actually going to do a specific meditation on that this week that will help you to draw in clear, more accurate intuition. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I cannot wait to hear in the comments down below how your intuition up levels as a result of this podcast. Thank you so much for liking and subscribing and sharing. Thank you so much for joining my newsletter. And as always, love yourself enough to heal, heal yourself enough to thrive. Take care.